Love this podcast? Support this show through the ACAST supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Welcome to Hooked, the podcast where we give you all of the ideas and hooks you need for your tabletop role-playing sensations. My name is Dom and I'll be hosting this one. With me tonight are two of my esteemed comrades. To my left, physically but not politically, it's... Tully Grimley. That's his name. Yes. How are you doing there, Tully? Doing pretty well. I'm surviving. Uh... That's about all we've got to say so about this is, one. Is anyone doing anything but surviving right now? Some people are doing other things, such as not surviving. Mm-hmm. I hope that our other guest isn't one of them directly across from me. It's... Old Maddie Hannibal Butler. Uh, that's right. <gasps> that is right. That is Indeed. right. That's exactly what my fortune cookie said this morning. Yes, I bought way too many fortune cookies just to put that slip in. Uh, <laughs> old Maddie. <sighs> oh, that's wrong. What you did there, that's wrong. Manipulating the fortune cookie market? Yes. Probably. That changes the future when you do that. Yeah. Look, old Maddie, I don't mean to call attention to it, but it's been it's been a minute since you were on this fine podcast of ours. So before we get to explaining even what's happening here, because I got this in the wrong order, I'd like to get to know you. Mm-hmm. Tully, what is our getting to know you question for this week? Our getting to know you question is, what is the worst injury that you have sustained, either in game or out, and you don't need to say what it is? You don't need to say are whether we, it's in game or out. Are we including illnesses in this, or is it we can physical include illnesses. maladies? Well, that makes it more difficult for me. Okay. Well, circumstantially, I would call this the worst injury within a game or out that I've ever received. There I was, in the last emperor's gardens, and I found the last emperor's personal sacred tree. It was a very large tree, about 30 feet high. And I decided, in my infinite wisdom, to climb it because I did not respect this emperor. And I, and so I climbed the tree. Up and up I went. Many, many portraits were taken of this wonderful climb, ascension, some might say. And on the way down, I was a bit too confident with my landing ability. So I leapt most gallantly and nigh broke my to- toe in a faraway land. Four months later, it ached. Sometimes, even about six months later, I thought it was better. But then when I tried to twirl on it, putting my full weight, it it returned in full capacity, the pain. And to this day, I wonder if it's broken, healed in a broken position, or not. And that's why Matt isn't allowed in Japan anymore. That's right. Vietnam, actually. Uh, (laughs) Worth a guess. Yeah. Uh, Who still has an emperor? (laughs) Throw the dart at the board. Um... Well, I'll go and uh, not... Because in, in games, we've all been obliterated bodily. That's a bit like... Eh. Mm. So in real life, it'll either be the fact that when I was 
like eight or something, uh, one of my front, two front teeth was shattered in half with a rock by some kid who threw a rock at my at my face and it hit me. So yeah, in your nailed, face. Yeah, he nailed that. Um, but yeah, so half one of my front teeth is fake. Fuck. Uh, yeah. Or alternately, uh, I got really bad appendicitis uh, several years ago now, and the doctor was like, "Nah, that's gastro." Gave me some medicine for the gastro I didn't have, uh, which acts as a placebo for the next two weeks as I died. Uh, and then at the end of those two weeks, I went back and was like, I really feel like something's wrong. And they were like, you're going to the hospital. And in the hospital, I remained for a full week. Oh, excellent. Yeah. Oh, and Tully Grimley, what is yes. yours? Um, famously, I have managed to dodge many illnesses and injuries, um, both in-game and out. In dodge game. this. <laughs> no. So Tully's dead. Yeah, well, I just killed Tully with an axe. So what we do here and on Hooked... <laughs> is we create hooks for you for your role-playing narratives. And what we mean by that is the little, the beginnings of stories or the thing that a story is built around is kind of what we aim for. And you, as the humble listener, I hope you're humble, please be humble. You get to use these brilliant hooks that we come up with in your own role-playing games. And the way that we create set hooks is in the form of a magic trick. A magic trick. Firstly, in part one of the magic trick, the pledge. We give you a little, a little, the beginnings. The narrative is just kind of forming. Then in the turn, things build up a little bit more. It becomes a story. But then in turn, in the third part, the prestige. That's when it becomes a hook, baby. That's when you learn how you're going to incorporate it into your game. Or maybe it's just the conclusion of a narrative if we accidentally kind of did it as more of a three parts narrative thing instead of a magic trick. But the way we do this is we improvise them because this is a podcast and everything must be improvised. And we improvise it inspired by, typically, it is Magic the Gathering cards, and this is no exception. It is a Magic the Gathering card. One of the two people in front of me. Tell us what the Magic the Gathering card is. It is, being one of the living, (laughs) it is a classical kind of style of medieval painting in form of a dragon doing a weird dance, its tail still, like, within the ground of a kind of crater, Mm. and... It's got four arms, with two of which seem to have daggers for hands. It's with... kind of twisting as it emerges from the ground. Yeah, yeah. I don't know why I saw it as a dance. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, sure. Like, I, I, I didn't know what I was looking at when I first saw it. It is called Avatar of Fury, by the way. Mm-hmm. I don't think that was mentioned. Yeah, and it's got uh, two very kind of almost bat-like fleshy dragon wings. Mm. Yeah, with yeah. a tendrilled dragon head. Okay, hold on. I'm just going to quickly... Uh, this is my last bloody 300 GP diamond, but I'm, I'll bring Tully back to life. Oh, there we go. Yeah. Jesus. What, uh, was, what the fuck I should have used. You tripped. Frankly, I should have used uh, Reincarnate so I could see what you look like as a dwarf. But, uh, you know, here we are. Here I am. Just Still you, but, human. Just you, but shorter and with a beard, I guess. Yeah. Mm. Tully, there's a second part to the magic trick we pull here, and that is that we also have a randomly generated word. Can you please tell us what the magically generated word is? Absolutely. Today we're going to be using Minister. The Avatar of Fury and Minister. Where could we go with this? But there is a third, more optional part. Let's be honest, every part of this is kind of optional because it's just kind of inspired. It's improvised. It can go any direction that the juices that flow within our minds take us to. And the third part is that we are each given a card with a thing written on it. Perhaps it is magical item. Perhaps it is settlement. Perhaps it is evil NPC. Each of us has a different little thing that if we wish, we can 
go in that direction. Or we can not. It's just jazz, baby. It jazz. It'd be like that. It do be like that. Okay. And now the time for hooking is upon us. The hookmeisters join me in hooking as we go first to whichever one of you wants to go first. Who's keen? Have I Um, forgotten any part of this? I feel bad that you got killed and I did nothing about it. How about you go first, Tully? Absolutely. Funnily Uh, enough, I killed him and I don't feel bad about it. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, that's fair. I deserve to die. Um, So, in our part one, um, imagine, if you will, a, a creature. A creature that seems bound by furious productivity. That seems to constantly be yearning to do something. And not just yearning, but constantly in the process of completing a task, signing a deal, solving a, solving a problem, it seems to always be in four places at once. Imagine, if you will, the Minister of Chaos, a demonic entity that, that exists only to keep doing things. Whether or not they're important things, whether or not they're productive is not really, not really their bag. They just exist to be doing things. And um, they seem to have the strangest image about them. Everywhere they are, they seem to be in five or six places at once, arms spreading out where they shouldn't reasonably be, completing tasks that don't even seem to be visible where you're at. Uh, you begin to wonder if if this is a, a visage or whether the, this creature is actually there. But, um, well, after signing a particular contract, it vanishes out of nowhere and leaves behind a pendant. And just so we've got a, uh, a bit of a grounding place to build from there, is the pendant the most important part, or is it the character of the minister? Yes, the pendant is the Thank most you. important part. Just wanted to have that in place as we we're going. Also, I like the idea of, like, he's an agent of pure chaos, but also he's a minister, so he's part of a bureaucracy. Mm-hmm. Just a fan of that dichotomy, oh, because I he's pure chaos, cha- so he doesn't have to make sense. I love chaotic bureaucracy. It's the mm. best. Uh, Matthew, would you like to go first, or would you like me? Um, I think I can go. Yeah, that's uh, right. You'd never like me. No. <laughs> go on. Just thought I'd go in a natural order. Mm-hmm. Telling you first that. Yeah, anyway. No, go on. Go on, please. <laughs> um, so I'm going to go a little radical as Captain Hook. Ha 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 ha! I don't know if anyone's ever made that joke on this show, and I've made it now. It's been Show's over. That's it. Thank you. Thank you, everyone, for listening. Uh, this is the last episode yeah. of Hooked. I'm doing that thing where I look at Matt and like bite the bite, bite the arm the arm of my my eyeglasses. Like that's the sexiest thing I've ever heard. <laughs> wow. I, I, I mean, did Captain you see Jason Isaac? Jason Isaacs as Captain Hook. No. Charisma. Did you see Christopher Walken as Captain Hook? Because yeah. it's the best performance I've ever seen. It's so good. Yeah. Please um, go on. Anyway, oh, so it's a tiny little hill with a tiny little sun. I've given that away. Never mind that. All right. (laughs) You go into a kingdom. It's a fun kingdom. It's a democratic kingdom, ruled by a bureaucratic order and a very, very popular minister. In fact, he's been re-elected eight times. Why is this? There seems to be absolutely no dissension to him. And he always clutches in his hand, spoiler alert, a snow globe. Hmm. Whatever could the snow globe be? That's fine. Interesting. (laughs) My hook begins with the party being in a place of an extreme form of I want to say weather but really just like any elemental force so maybe they're in a snow in a, on like a, a snowy sort of mountain or a glacier sort of thing or maybe they're on the elemental plane of fire a volcano a, a swamp it doesn't matter but what does happen they're, they're there for whatever reason they're in the elemental plane of fire because they need to kill a particular demon or something like that that's the previous plot line. This is the hook that pulls them into this plotline, is that while they're there, they see a creature emerge 
It's clearly being formed, as you might see, of an elemental naturally forming in such a place, but the element is completely diametrically opposed to what it should be. On the emerging from a snowbank, a fire elemental, emerging from a swamp is a, a creature made of stone. And that's that's the that's the point where it begins. And we're back to Tully. Yes. So as people tend to do, uh, when they find a, a, a trinket of some sort just lying out in the open. Of course, somebody's going to take an interest in this pendant. Whether or not it be the players, we don't really care. It will be the players. It will be the players. But honestly, give it to a peasant. See what happens. Mm. Um, <laughs> so let's assume it's one of our players. Mm-hmm. And the player picks it up and re- reasonably, as players uh, are, investigates and attunes to it uh, before giving up on those rituals one minute in and putting the thing on. Um, yeah. Not much is particularly different about them, except for the driving need to, to do something. It doesn't really matter what. Just do something. Um, whether it be find a quest to raid a barbarian camp, whether it be uh, catch a kitten up a tree, whether it be find some vegetables for the local store. Whatever needs doing, needs doing. And we're going to do it. Now, this comes with a sort of frantic energy. This manic, almost. Um, they don't seem to want to stop. They don't seem to want to, s- to sleep or eat or rest at all. All that matters is, is doing things. Always. And if they can do two things at once, that's even better. They've picked up the Minister's Pendant. And that is the name of your hook, is it not? Mm-hmm. Well done. That is mm. the time to name a hook is the second part. Mm. What does the pendant do? <laughs> yeah, I'm sorry about your character's uh, diagnosis as having some sort of compulsive disorder, but what does the pendant do? Uh, and it's on to Maddie Butler. Indeed. Okay. So you start asking around town. It's like, what's so great about this minister? And eventually, if you ask around the right, around right circles, you get pointed to certain people who weren't so happy with his uh, diplomatic rule, and you find that each of them cherished a very similar snow globe to the one that you've seen the minister with in his office. Now, but when you investigate these old abandoned houses of the, either the people who have left or the dead, no snow globe. No one even talks about the snow globe that are close to them. And you realise that the snow globe on the office is, of course, this very same snow globe that has been to all these uh, dissenters. So, naturally, one of the party, probably, or someone outside of the story, if the party doesn't want to engage, steals the snow globe. But what happens next? We'll find it. I want to know... Well, no, I can ask that in the next part, but also I want to know what the name of this hook is. The end of the second part is where we name the hooks, Matthew Butler. Yes. I know that it has been some time (laughs) since you recorded a hooked, but you must not forget our most sacred rule behind the the first most sacred rule, which is that they they must always be getting to know your questions. You can hold up until after my second part. Thank you. (laughs) Okay. So the party deals with whatever it was that they were doing in that region in the first place, but the fact that this diametrically opposed elemental force has emerged is in the back of their... Is everything okay? I'm sorry. Is uh, is in the back of their minds or in their little quest log. You want to be more mechanical about it. And the next time they're in town... In the, the like, they they go back to the town. Let's. I'm going to use one of the one location example. They are out in the snowy north, and they see a fire elemental with no one clearly having summoned it. And when they return to the seal hunting village on the coast, where they got their quest to fight the horrible yeti, they mention we encountered a fire elemental out in the out in the wastes. What is what's that about? That doesn't seem right. And they say, yes, that that is something that we've been encountering from time to time, but it's been 
getting more and more severe. Unfortunately, there isn't anything for them to examine in this specific area, but as they travel onward, they will they will both encounter this situation in other biomes, such as, such as the rock elemental in a swamp, that sort of thing, and they will encounter that other people are mentioning, yes, we have encountered this as well, this is strange. And when they reach, and eventually they will, they will hear whispers that someone is behind it, that it is not a natural occurrence, and that someone is making this happen. And eventually they discover that it's a cult. Sorry? No, I keep th- misinterpreting hand signals as Sorry. hand signals and not just someone examining their nails. Um, they discover that a cult which, for example, could be called the, the Cult of Elemental Inoculation has been in their in their view of the world by at, in the same way that if you have a sickness and you survive or if you have an inoculation against a virus you cannot get that virus again so they administer a, an, a basically an, a, an inoculation to these different regions I can't tell if I hate that or I love it yeah it's um, <laughs> yes uh, they basically what they're doing is they believe that you know, a time of chaos is coming where the elements will be thrown completely out of whack and that by having these uh, elements all appear in the wrong places now, they are preparing people for... Th- and that's my turn. And Matt, did you come up with a name for your hook? Yes, the Sandman's Globe. Excellent. And, w- and what was the name of yours? Uh, the Cult of Elemental Inoculation. Nice. But they're very... I, I think that, uh, that they have a very land and like exactly descriptive it's not like you know the esoteric order of Dagon it's just like they think they're doing a service they basically don't think of themselves as a cult they're no. just like oh this is this is something that has to be done yes we're being very practical about this but I mean isn't this what a cult is sure. they always believe that they're yeah mm. oh, yeah exactly yeah um go on Tully wonderful part three part three so with every task that uh this person completes with everything that they do they find themselves getting faster, getting getting better, getting stronger. Uh, they find themselves more capable of doing things and doing things quickly. Um, but after a few, they see in front of them the minister. And the minister tells them that they have been productive, suitably productive, and uh, they have proved their worth, they have passed their probation, and they must undergo their first task. They are assigned to, to retrieve an item from, from a particular devil, to undo a contract from another, and to seek the souls of three elusive mortals. But they have to do it quickly. You're now one of the minister's underlings. Oh, I like that. Yeah, I like, and this is an alternate way to have this, you could, it could be a character's backstory as well. You could have them as, they're just like they are a, a warlock and their patron has, like, in their backstory, they had all of this happen to them and now their patron, like, they serve this, the Minister of Chaos. Hmm. Did we find out what the minister looked like? Sorry? Um, um yes, so I, I I may not have uh, described it no, it's okay. accurately, but as, essentially like a whirling dervish of uh, of visages, of uh, right. limbs doing things. Of, yeah, he is chaos um, and personified, yes. one thing that is worth noting if you want to explore it, the way I imagine it, uh, is that these visages are not only the minister themselves but also all of their underlings, mm. just the visages of them doing all these things at once. Um, and so the reveal can be that, that it momentarily flashes the characters themselves as part of its visages. As part of the minister, yeah. yeah. Nice, I like that. Um, it was the pendant of... Sorry? Uh, the, the minister's... The minister's pendant. The minister's, the minister's pendant, pendant. Yep. that's right. Simple and nice. <laughs> nice. 
Uh, and back to you, Matthew. Yeah, so your pesky rogue has stolen this little snow globe. Oh, and no. I always will. And as any good DM does, he says, yeah, you're allowed to take a long rest. It's fine. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's going to go all right. Um, and I interpreted this image with the knives for hands and the wicked little dance as a shape changer. Mm-hmm. So in the dream, the snow globe is in the dream and it's like a forced lucid dream. Okay, so the character who, so who, the has, who has yeah. taken the snow globe has yeah. a dream that night. Indeed. And, well, not even... Not even anyone who's just taken it. Everyone in the room sleeping with them has this dream. And this. And the elf character is just like, hey, you don't get to have this. And it's like, off. <laughs> and the dragon um, comes out, as we see in the image, and then it starts shape changing into their worst fears and coming at them. And it's a very, very vivid dream. And who saves them at the end of the day but the minister? Minister. The minister? The minister! Yes, minister. And they wake up almost in a kind of charm state where they are in infinitely thankful yeah, to the minister. Yeah, they're indebted to Yeah, indebted. And thank you, that was the word yeah, I was no looking worries. for. <laughs> um, and yeah, and what this magic item, eventually they'll break this charm and they'll get to the bottom of it. But what this magic item proves to do is if you attune to it, you can become the saviour of anyone's dreams from this monster if you plant the snow globe in their room or if you offer it to them as a gift. Or... Mm. Okay, interesting. So it's like a dream manipulator, a mm. charmer, you could say. I want to I want to know because I know that the, the game I'm currently running, the first thing that would happen is that one or two of the characters would definitely smash that snow globe before attuning to it. What happens if the snow globe is smashed? The demon, because mm-hmm. it is a demon, yes. comes out and... Whoever smashed it, it forms into their worst nightmare kind of, as like a beast and classic boss battle. Yep, and the roll <laughs> initiative, you idiots. Yeah. <laughs> I would like to know what happens to the minister when they no longer have the snow globe. When they give it up, yes. they wait for it to do its work. Uh, if it does its work, obviously they're, they're indebted to him. They're charmed. They'll probably bring it back. And if they're not indebted, if they find a way to to avoid this, well, he's in a he's in a bit of a pickle. Uh, he's in a he's been in a spot of trouble, and that's probably how you get the magic item. Uh huh. Okay, I like it. And that was called the uh, the, the Sandman's, Sandman's globe. globe. Yes. All right. And so back to mine, the cult of elemental inoculation. And over the course of running a game over the last several weeks, I've found that one of the fun things to do is basically. Uh, moral dilemmas is to force your characters to to wrestle your, your players to wrestle with their characters morality and what they think is right and wrong and so this is the sort of thing that I think you give to the players when they've been playing for a while and know their characters well because the cult isn't entirely wrong in a lot of ways they they are convinced they are they have convincing evidence that a time of chaos is coming and yet their methods are tragically uh, a small a small village in the in the in the mountains has been overrun by flame elementals for example like some places aren't actually withstanding the onslaught of these elementals that are being summoned by the work of the cult and so it is the way the, the way this hooks in for the players i think is whether or not some some players are going to be like i think the cult is right to do this because they're doing it for the exact right, for very good reasons, and people need to be prepared for what is coming. But other players are probably going to be like, it's never right to summon to summon elementals and sick them on innocent people. And some people will probably be like, their methods are flawed, we need to reform them. And, you know, it's just going to be like a, yeah, a debate between the characters is, I think, what do you hope to invoke with this? Mm, yes. 
And yeah, that's yeah, that's that's basically that's basically it. Incidentally, uh, I was inspired to the this idea basically because the I, the image has like a snow-capped mountain in the background and it's exploding out of the out of the earth and yet it looks kind of like a fire dragon sort of thing. So I'm like, oh, it's kind of a different all these different elements. And mm. my card was cold. So yes, good use of dissonance. Yes. Uh, did you? Were you trying to say something there, or am I just constantly misinterpreting? Constantly hand misinterpreting signals? hand signals. <laughs> chop, chop, chop hands off. And folks, that's hooked. Somewhat more dismemberment and death than usual, but trust us, Tully deserves it. One thing I really just desperately need you to know about Hooked, though, is the fact that Hooked is produced under a Creative Commons Attribution Non-Commercial No Derivatives 4.0 International License. This means that you are free to share and redistribute the material in any medium or format if you give appropriate credit, do not use the material for commercial purposes, and do not remix, transform, or build upon the material in any way without permission. Copyright for the original stories remains with us and may not be blah blah blah. That's the boring part. Basically, what that means is you can use this in your games at home and that's no problem. You can use that in a big budget Hollywood film and that is a problem. Get in touch, pay us. I've been Dominic Guilfoyle. I've been hosting tonight. You can also find me on. I don't know if I've ever said my last name on this, so I know they're going to find me. Uh, ASIO is after me, folks. Uh, you can also find me on the Misto Museum of Mystery, Morbidity, and Mortality, an audio series which I swear is coming back soon as, as of this episode being released. It's a matter of weeks away. Trust me, it's good. Check it out. Tully! I am, was, and always will be Tully Grimley. That's what and, you think. Uh, and probably always will be. Um, you can catch me uh, some Wednesdays on Dungeon Deep Dive. Where we dive deep into specific aspects of fantasy world uh, world building, and sometimes do a little bit of a character corner. And I've been old Maddie Hannibal Butler. I have no home, for I am the wind. And you can sometimes find me on Delicious Word Sandwich, which will eventually upload. They're epics. Get used to it. Yeah. Sometime this year. He, sw- he swears <laughs> like bl- black and blue. He's been saying that it is uploading. It is just. It's such a. It's just such a huge file. There's so many words in this sandwich. It's been uploading <laughs> all year. It's gonna finish uploading. We swear. Thank you for listening to Hooked. See you next week. Bye. I love you. So what mountain were the stones in the walls of this specific monastery mined from exactly? Wait, can my character take a dump? What's the governmental structure of every town in this entire Which magic using class is like the most attractive? How do these people know how to make tunnels under their town when all they do is farm Why does the genie always you? refuse to make people fall in love with me? Like, if who hurt Poison him? rules are the same for every player race. Does that mean they all have can the my same character have a pet? system? Ooh, can that pet have a pet pet? Are your players asking too many questions? Do you really know how your world works? Don't you wish there was a podcast that made this whole thing easier? Come on over to Dungeon Deep Dive, your favourite fantasy world-building podcast. Whether it's tabletop RPGs or creative writing, we do the research so you don't have to. Find us on your podcatcher of choice or on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram on at Dungeon Deep Dive. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavourless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. 
Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. 